Hey everyone, welcome to the Biblical Plotlines podcast. I'm your host, Chris King, and in this episode, we're discussing the book of Joshua. We consider how the importance of God's word plays a central role throughout this book. And we even look at how Jesus was considered a new Joshua in the New Testament. So I hope you enjoy this episode and let's jump in. So we are looking at the book of Joshua. And the book of Joshua has a lot of interesting and exciting passages dealing with battle strategies and conquering new land as it goes into this detail of how Joshua is going to defeat the people living in the land of Canaan at that time using these different military tactics. So it's fascinating to read about these ancient battle strategies. And unfortunately, the second half of the book really loses a lot of that steam when it gives these huge amounts of chapters detailing the allotment or the dividing up of the land to the different tribes of Israel. And you can understand why those details would be so important to the people because it recounts which people and which tribes got what part of the promised land. And this division of the land was foundational for the identity of the people of Israel. Knowing that the land up in the north or the land in the south belongs to this tribe or this specific family so that in generations to come, we know that this part of the promised land rightfully belongs to these certain people. But when you have to read through these chapters, you can really start to lose interest in the story, or if these chapters are being taught at church, it can be tough going and probably just get skipped altogether. But on a whole, the book of Joshua has a very interesting plot line that runs throughout the whole book, and it focuses on the word of God. Now, the word of God for them at that time would have been known as the law or the book of the law, as it's referred to in the passages of Joshua. And the book of the law could have meant the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible as a whole, but probably the book of the law would have been more specifically the book of Deuteronomy, since that was the law that Moses gave to the new generation of Israelites going into the promised land for them to follow. So like all of the historical books in the Old Testament, the focus is always on the leadership of Israel. Because in all of these books throughout the Old Testament, the person who is placed in leadership over Israel are always portrayed as this template or type of a Messiah, a king figure, who bears the characteristics of what God's ideal leader should look like which then in the later prophets becomes exemplified in these little snippets of a coming leader who has the best parts of all of these leaders, but without all the failings that each of these leaders have. So Joshua is no different, and he is actually portrayed as one of the best leaders that Israel has had. As we see right until the very end of the book, where Joshua says that he is still going to remain faithful to serving the Lord. 
And so the people should follow in his ways and do the same. So when it comes to the storyline of Joshua, it's the same as almost all the other books in the Old Testament, which is that the best way to find what the purpose and the storyline of this book is going to be about is almost always revealed at the very beginning of that book. So how does this book start? Well, Joshua is commissioned as the new leader of Israel after taking over from Moses. And his job is to lead the people into the promised land and drive out the inhabitants and obtain all the land that God has promised to give to his people. And his task is entirely summed up in the commands given to Joshua to remain faithful to the law, the word of God. It says this in chapter 1, verses 7 and 8, where it says, Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So from this opening statement that gives us the thesis of the book and the main plot line that's going to run throughout the book, that everything that Joshua does is going to flow out from either faithfulness or disobedience to God's Word, the book of the law. And the importance of the word of God is now going to show up at prime moments throughout the stories in this book. And this command that God gives in these opening verses actually comes from the book of Deuteronomy itself in chapter 17, where Moses outlines what the king of Israel should look like. Even though Joshua wasn't a king, he was the primary leader of the people at this time. And in Deuteronomy 17, uh, there's this template that every king must follow in order to be the faithful king that God desires to rule over his people. And he says several things that they're not supposed to do. The first is that he's commanded to not acquire a lot of horses Meaning, don't build yourself a big army since then they would depend on their own strength in battle rather than God for their victories. And when David, we see in 2 Samuel, David takes a a census of the people. He's trying to count how big his army is and God does not like this. And so judgment comes on the people. But then secondly, it says, don't start having lots of wives because they will turn your heart away from the Lord. This is what we see happen with Solomon when he gains all these wives for himself in a huge number. And actually, David does this too. But Solomon is the one who's much more well known for the many wives and concubines that he has. And then lastly, the kings were not supposed to acquire lots of silver. So their kingship was not to be defined as a rich, lavish superpower. 
And this also shows up in the stories of Solomon, where it talks about how much wealth he is acquiring at the height of his kingship. But in Deuteronomy, it says that all the king was required to do is one thing. They were to write out their own copy of the law, the book of Deuteronomy. And then they were to read that law every day for as long as they live. That's all they were supposed to do. So every king was required to be a scribe of the scriptures, someone who writes out the word of God. And then they were supposed to be a Bible scholar, someone who studies the law day and night, who knows God's word and lives out God's word in all that they do. Because faithfulness to God's word, his law, represents faithfulness to the covenant with God. And each king or leader over Israel was given the task to be the faithful covenant-keeping Israelite, which the people would then look to and follow in the same way. So when we come to the book of Joshua, it all revolves around God fulfilling his promises that he gave to Abraham and the people of Israel that they would inherit this promised land. But their inheritance of the land was completely dependent on their obedience to the law, the word of God in the covenant. So he tells Joshua to be strong and courageous. Don't fear any of the people in the land. And everywhere you go, I will be with you and you will have complete success in every battle and in everything that you do. But it all depends on you remaining faithful to God's word. And when that happens, that is when everything will go right with you. So when the book finally kicks off and starts to get going, we see some repeated patterns of Joshua representing a new kind of Moses. So the first thing he does is he sends spies into the land, just like Moses did. And then the people of Israel cross over the Jordan as the seas part just like Moses parted the Red Sea. So already we see God fulfilling his promises to Joshua that he would be with him just as he was with Moses. And if you remember from Moses, he said that there would be a leader after him who the people would listen to. And that was referring to the true Messiah. And in the New Testament, They show how Jesus was this one that Moses was speaking about. But because Joshua was the leader that came directly after Moses, Jesus actually becomes related to a new Joshua, the new leader who is greater than Moses that follows after him like Joshua did. Even the name Jesus is the Greek translation of the name Joshua. So Jesus was actually just named Joshua. This is what the book of Hebrews picks up on in chapter 4 when he says that Joshua wasn't the person who brought Israel into the real promised land where they found rest, but it was Jesus. And the word he uses there is the name Joshua, which he says he is the one who brings the people into the true rest, the promised land from God. So back to the story of Joshua. After we see how Joshua follows the pattern of Moses, He then does two things before they begin their conquest. Firstly, he has the men get circumcised, showing their loyalty to the covenant. 
And also, they hold a Passover meal. So why does Joshua do this? Well, these were the commands that Israel were supposed to obey from the book of Deuteronomy to show that they are God's people and are faithful to him. So Joshua is immediately following the law and the commands of God's word. So you know that what is going to come afterward is going to be successful. So this forms the pattern that you're going to see play out throughout the rest of the book. And it's just like Moses said in Deuteronomy, that if you follow the law and you choose to obey God, you will find life. But if you disobey, you'll find death or curse. So their first battle, they obeyed God's word and they win the battle of Jericho. But then the very next battle, it tells the story of Achan and how he takes some of the gold and the silver and other things and he hides them. And because of his disobedience, the people of Israel get totally wiped out and defeated. So this is what happens throughout the book. As they remain faithful to the word of God and their covenant, by obedience to the law, God fulfills his promises and they are given the land as they move forward. But when they disobey, they're defeated and they're not able to obtain all the land that God has for them. So we also see the importance of God's word in this book in a scene early on in chapter 8 where the people of Israel renew their covenant with God. And Joshua builds an altar, which he says he does it just the way that Moses told them to do in the law. And then Joshua writes out the whole law on a stone so that it's there for everyone to see so that they will be obligated to obey it. And then Joshua reads the entire law to everybody. So the book really wants to emphasize the importance of God's word as the central driving force in the life of Israel, that they would be completely dependent on God's word if they want to receive the promises and the blessings that God will give to them. And the book of Joshua has a really important place in the whole storyline of the Bible because it's the first step in God's plan of redemption for the whole world where his people have now returned in a small way back into a garden of Eden. That's what the promised land was supposed to represent as this abundant, fruitful land flowing with milk and honey, just like Eden represented. So the people of Israel were chosen by God to be a new humanity where they were a kind of restart to Adam and Eve as the first humans were to be God's representatives who would have dominion over creation. So we see with Israel coming into the land, they were to have dominion over the inhabitants of the land and subdue them. And then as Adam and Eve had the option of choosing life or death, depending on which tree they ate from, in the same way, Israel, in their covenant, they were given commands that either lead to life if they obey, or death and destruction if they disobey. So Israel is like this new humanity coming back into the Garden of Eden. And we even see this at the beginning of the book of Joshua when he comes to the border of the land of Canaan and he has this strange encounter with an angel holding a sword, which if you remember at the entrance of Eden, God put some angels there with a flaming sword so that they couldn't 
come back in. And so now Joshua sees the angel with a sword, and he is now allowed to enter. And later on in the story of Achan, there's this repeat of the sin of Adam and Eve, where it says how he saw the spoil from the battle, and he coveted, and he took them, which is what it says about what Adam and Eve did, leading to their curse and exile from the Garden of Eden. And so the people of Israel then also suffer curse and death because of Achan's disobedience. So as Israel comes in and conquers the land, you get this picture of the people coming into a restored creation as the new humanity living in this Edenic state once again. And so the book of Joshua shows a really great start to the people coming into the promised land, but it really only goes downhill from there. So the end of the book of Joshua then summarizes the main themes of the book. When it says in chapter 21 that the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers, and they took possession of it and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of all their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. And then to summarize it all, it says, Not one word of all the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. So as they remained faithful to the law, God fulfilled the promises of his word. And all of those promises came to pass And the book finishes with some long speeches of Joshua to the people to remain faithful to God, to continue taking the land because they sort of lost energy along the way. And so he stirs them up to keep going, that if they continue to obey God and the law, they will still find success in conquering the land. And then, of course, at the end of his speech, He writes out the law again on a stone for the people to be able to read. Because that is what Joshua wants to make clear to the people. That all their success and blessing in the land comes down to their faithfulness to the word of God. And then when you come to the book of Psalms, in the first Psalm, it says the same thing that it says at the beginning of Joshua. That this man of God will find blessing by meditating on God's word day and night, meaning that what was required of the king should also be the pattern for the life of all the people of God to follow. And when we come to Jesus, when he faced temptation and testing in the wilderness to either repeat the sin of Adam and then of Israel, Jesus resisted by quoting all three times from the book of Deuteronomy. It's the book of the law. He became the true king who is faithful to God's word and his covenant because he followed what was commanded of the king of Israel to be a Bible scholar who meditated on the law day and night and remained obedient to the commands of God. And so by remaining faithful to God's word, He proved that he is the true king. So the importance of the word of God is one of the primary messages of the book of Joshua. 
which is still an important message for us today, knowing that the purposes of God in this world are accomplished through people who take God's word seriously, who seek to live their lives by the scriptures. And as we follow the pattern of Joshua to meditate on God's word day and night, we will see God work in us and through us into the world around us. So Joshua still has a lot to speak to us today. And this is really what the book of Joshua is all about. Hey, thanks for listening and please join us again for another episode. And special thanks to Josh Mahood for the music. Thanks to the Good Lion Podcast Network. And thanks to Stephen Dempster and Desmond Alexander for their research that helped contribute to the teaching from this episode in their great books called Dominion and Dynasty and The Servant King. So until next time, keep reading your Bibles.